Good evening and welcome to Ether Game, WFIU's weekly music trivia show. I'm your host, Mark Chilla. This week we have a very special edition of the show in store. For all of you regular players out there, we won't be taking your calls tonight, so please play along at home. Instead, we're bringing you 10 rounds devoted to the history, influences, and trivia behind one of the most groundbreaking works of the 20th century, the Beatles' Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Sgt. Pepper was released on June 1, 1967, which means this week marks the album's 50th anniversary. In the next hour, I'll be bringing you the story behind Sgt. Pepper in 10 rounds. I hope you enjoy. So join me for It Was 50 Years Ago Today, Ether Games' 50th anniversary celebration of Sgt. Pepper. Now on with the show. Here's round number one. The way this works is I'll play a tune for you that has something to do with Sgt. Pepper and see if you can figure out at home what the tune is. I also have a bonus question for those looking for an extra trivia challenge. Here's that question. The music from this album inspired the Beatles to start working on their album, Sgt. Pepper. Can you name the album that this song is from? Good luck. But long as there are stars above you, you never need to doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it. God only knows what I'd be without you. If you should ever leave me, will life would still go on, believe me. Show nothing to me So what good would living do me God only knows what I'd be without you
That was the Beach Boys song, God Only Knows. Before Sgt. Pepper, there was the Beatles' album, Revolver. And the Beatles' 1965 album, Revolver, was released at just the right time. The group's teen idol image was fading, and their popularity was waning. Lennon's remarks about the group being bigger than Jesus did little to help the situation. So when they released Revolver, an album that was fresh and progressive, with expertly crafted songs, it helped rocket them to a new creative level. And it also scared all of the other big rock stars at the time. Other artists had to step up their game, and they subsequently released their reposts to Revolver. For instance, Bob Dylan released Blonde on Blonde, and the Rolling Stones released Aftermath. But no album made a statement quite like the Beach Boys' Pet Sounds. It was imaginative, beautiful, a true concept album. And the Beatles knew that they needed to respond. With no looming touring schedule and a healthy dose of competitive spirit, the Beatles entered Abbey Road Studios in November 1966 to start working on their next masterpiece, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. What would you think if I sang out a tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song And I'll try not to sing out a key Oh, I get by with a little help from my friends mm, I get high with a little help On to round two, here's another piece that has something to do with Sgt. Pepper. See if you can figure it out. And here's your bonus trivia question. The character of Sgt. Pepper was inspired by military bands of this next composer's era. What was the name of this era in British history? Good luck. Thank you. 
was the fourth march from Pomp and Circumstance by composer Edward Elgar. So what does Edward Elgar have to do with Sgt. Pepper? Well, by the time 1967 rolled around, the name The Beatles seemed kind of passé, at least compared to the creative West Coast band names like Big Brother and The Holding Company, Quicksilver Messenger Service, or Country Joe and The Fish. Paul McCartney knew this, and he thought that it would be fun to create a kind of alter ego for the band, and he settled on Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. The sergeant part came from the Edwardian military garb that had recently become in vogue in London. The four lads dressed up in this Edwardian military garb on the cover of the Sgt. Pepper album. But they also took it one step further. In the introduction song on the album, McCartney included the sound of Edwardian military band music, similar to the marches of Edwardian British composer Edward Elgar, and his military marches known as Pomp and Circumstance. Of course, the Beatles juxtaposed this Edwardian music against heavy rock. Moving ahead to round number three, and here's a piece for you. See if you can guess what it is. And your bonus question. Producer George Martin once compared which Beatles song to the music of this composer? Producer George Martin once compared which Beatles song to the music of this composer? That's your bonus question. Good luck.
That was Claude Debussy's Prelude to the Afternoon of a Fawn. The first song recorded in the Sgt. Pepper sessions never actually made it onto the album. It was John Lennon's masterpiece called Strawberry Fields Forever, a sprawling work that producer George Martin described as, quote, a complete tone poem, like a modern Debussy, unquote. Hence the bit of Debussy that I just played. Strawberry Fields Forever started out as a reminiscence of John Lennon's Liverpoolian childhood. He recorded several versions of the song over the course of a month and decided to combine different sessions into the final product. The only problem was these sessions were at different tempos and different keys. The album's engineer, Jeff Emmerich, performed some studio magic and spliced the contrasting sessions into a seamless final product. Ringo Starr added the drums, which were played in reverse. Paul McCartney added those flute-like sounds on an instrument called the Mellotron. And George Harrison added ornamentation on an Indian zither-like instrument called the Svarmandal. All in all, it took 55 hours to record. In fact, that was so long that the Beatles started working on other songs from the album Sgt. Pepper before even finishing this song. Let's move on to round number four, and this round has to do with the first song that was recorded for the album Sgt. Pepper. Let's see if you know the tune. Oh, and here's your bonus question. Which other British rock band recorded a cover of this tune in 1965? Good luck. Looking at the judge, you look at me. I'm a bit of a knob, I am belong to royalty. I tell you how we got about, I married Widow Birch. I was king of England when we trotted out to church. Outside the people started shouting it for Ray. Said I go down upon your knees, it's coronation day. I'm in a really I am in a really eight, I am, I am. I got married to the widow next door. She'd been married seven times before. Everyone was in a She wouldn't have a William or a Sam. I'm a right old man named Henry. Henry the eighth, I am. Let's sing this. I'm Henry the eighth, I am. Henry the eighth, I am. I am. I got married to the widow next door. She's been married seven times before. Everyone was a Henry. She wouldn't have a Billy or a Sam. I'm a late old man named Henry. Henry the eighth, I That was early 20th century artist Harry Champion performing I'm Henry VIII I Am. 
So you're probably thinking, what does the song Henry VIII I Am have to do with Sgt. Pepper? We're talking about the Beatles here, not Herman's Hermits. Well, it turns out both the Beatles and Herman's Hermits, who recorded I'm Henry VIII I Am in 1965, were both drawing from the same musical source of inspiration, British Music Hall. Singer and comedian Harry Champion was one of the biggest stars of the British Music Hall style, a genre of music popular in the early 20th century that was similar to vaudeville. Paul McCartney was familiar with this music. He learned a lot of it from his father, who was an amateur musician. And this buoyant music hall style was the basis of the song When I'm 64 from Sgt. Pepper. When I'm 64 was actually one of the very first songs that McCartney wrote way back in his teenage years in the 1950s. The Beatles used to play an instrumental version of this song in their live sets way before they were ever famous. McCartney revived the song in 1966 when his father Jim turned 64 years old, and he added some cheeky lyrics to it. And fun fact, the recording of this song on Sgt. Pepper was actually sped up by a half-step, which gives McCartney's voice a younger, more innocent sound. If I'd be out till quarter to three, would you lock the door? Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? And now moving on to round number five, let's see if you can name this tune. And let's not forget your bonus trivia question. Here we go. The trumpet part to this piece was the inspiration for which Beatles tune recorded during the Sgt. Pepper sessions. Good luck. Thank you. 
third movement to the Brandenburg Concerto No. 2 by Johann Sebastian Bach. If Strawberry Fields Forever was John Lennon's nostalgic ode to his Liverpoolian upbringing, Penny Lane was Paul McCartney's. Now, neither song made it onto the album Sgt. Pepper. They were released as singles and added to the album Magical Mystery Tour, but both songs were recorded at the same time as Sgt. Pepper. They recorded Penny Lane, in fact, right after When I'm 64, and just two days before they began working on A Day in the Life. Penny Lane creates an idyllic British suburban landscape. The barber, the banker, the fireman, where people stop and say hello beneath the blue suburban skies. Several elements were added to this work, including the fireman's bell and a Baroque trumpet solo, which gave the song a kind of old-school feel. It was played masterfully by trumpeter David Mason, the trumpeter for the Philharmonia Orchestra. Producer George Martin, who had a background in classical music, wrote out the melody, although Paul McCartney sang most of it to Martin to transcribe. McCartney was basing this melody on the piccolo trumpet part from Bach's Brandenburg Concerto No. 2, which he had heard on television the week before. The trumpeter in that performance on television also happened to be David Mason. Let's move on to round number six of our look at the Beatles' Sgt. Pepper in honor of the album's 50th anniversary and see if you can figure out this tune. And here's your trivia question for this round. Both this song and the Beatles' song Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds are loosely based on the works of what author? Good luck.
That was White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane came out a few months after Sgt. Pepper, but it was written by singer Grace Slick at least a year before. The song is filled with references to the works of Lewis Carroll, like Alice in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass, but the talk of taking pills and growing different sizes conflated the children's fantasy with the rampant 1960s drug use. John Lennon was also a big fan of Lewis Carroll, saying that he was his favorite writer. Although the inspiration for the song Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds came from a drawing by John Lennon's young son, Julian, the song also has imagery from Carol's Through the Looking Glass, especially the hallucinatory chapter Wool and Water. However, many listeners to Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds assume that the song had more to do with drug use, which, you know, may have played a part. Round number seven of our show tonight, all about the history behind Sgt. Pepper. Here's your bonus trivia question for this round. In 1967, composer Ned Roram compared the songs of this composer to one particular song from Sgt. Pepper. Which Sgt. Pepper track was he talking about? Good luck. Thank you. 
That was Gretchen am Spinrada, a song by Franz Schubert. Gretchen am Spinrada, or Gretchen at the Spinning Wheel, is one of the most evocative songs by Franz Schubert, describing the stress of the character Gretchen as she sits at her spinning wheel thinking about her love. Now, Schubert was known as the greatest songwriter from the 19th century. As for the 20th century, that distinction might go to Paul McCartney. Soon after Sgt. Pepper came out, more serious classical composers began to take notice of the craft behind the songs on the album, in particular the song She's Leaving Home. Composer Ned Roram, in fact, remarked in 1967 that She's Leaving Home was, quote, equal to any song that Schubert ever wrote. She's Leaving Home has a beautiful melody, and it tells the tale of a young girl who runs away from her home, actually based on a true story. And more than just classical music composers were impressed by this tune. Paul McCartney played a demo version of this song to Beach Boys member Brian Wilson before Sgt. Pepper was released. Wilson was working on a follow-up to Pet Sounds at the time, and he was completely intimidated by She's Leaving Home. It freaked him out so much, in fact, that he ended up having a mental breakdown and gave up recording the album altogether. She, we gave her most of our lives, is leaving, sacrificed most of our lives. We gave her everything money could buy. She's leaving home after living alone for so many years. Father snores wife gets into a dressing gown Picks up the letter that's lying there On to our eighth round this evening. Here's yet another influence on the album Sgt. Pepper. See if you can figure out the performers. And your trivia question for this round, can you give us the name of the best-selling classical music album that this track is from. Good luck.
That was Ravi Shankar and Yehudi Menuhin performing Swara Kakali from their 1967 album West Meets East. This album, West Meets East by American violinist Yehudi Menuhin and Indian sitarist Ravi Shankar, was released five months before Sgt. Pepper and was one of the biggest selling classical music albums of the year. It was part of a growing trend of Indian classical music in the West. At the end of 1966, George Harrison had spent six weeks studying Indian music with Ravi Shankar in India, and he was slowly incorporating Indian themes, both musically and lyrically, into his own compositions, including Love You Too on Revolver and Within You Without You, Harrison's only contribution on Sgt. Pepper. Harrison and Shankar would perform together years later in the concert for Bangladesh, but on Within You Without You, Harrison played the sitar himself and used musicians from London's Asian Music Center and the London Symphony Orchestra, creating his own version of West Meets East. And to see you're really only very small Moving on to round number nine, and let's consider this our super stumper for the evening. See if you can name this particularly difficult piece and composer. And for your bonus trivia question, this piece you're about to hear specifically influenced Paul McCartney to record a song that was later scrapped from the Sgt. Pepper album. Can you give us the name of that mystery, unreleased Beatles song? Good luck. Thank you. 
was part of Karlheinz Stockhausen's work, Gesang der Jünglinge, a pivotal piece of electronic music written and recorded in the mid-1950s. Stockhausen's Gesang der Jünglinge, meaning the Song of Youths, combines electronic sounds with the recorded voice of a 12-year-old boy to create a far-out sonic landscape. In the mid-1960s, Paul McCartney was tuned in to the avant-garde music scene, he was familiar with the works of John Cage, the techniques of tape loops and musique concrète, and was a fan of the piece Gesang der Junglinge. For the Sgt. Pepper sessions, McCartney created his own avant-garde musical work, which he called Carnival of Light, a 13-minute-long spontaneous mixture of noise and tape effects, later performed at a happening event four months before the release of Sgt. Pepper. The song was quite similar to John Lennon's Revolution 9 that he made for the White Album a year and a half later, but Carnival of Light was, believe it or not, even more incoherent than Lennon's piece. At least, that's what people say. McCartney and others decided to scrap the song altogether, and almost no one, besides a few people close to the band, have ever heard it since. Although Carnival of Light has never seen the light of day, the influences of Stockhausen's Gesang der Junglinge can be heard all over the Sgt. Pepper album. On to our final round of our Sgt. Pepper celebration. We have one more influence of the album to play for you, and one more bonus question as well. Here's the bonus. This group later mocked the Beatles in 1968 by parodying Sgt. Pepper's iconic album cover. Can you give us the name of that 1968 album? Good luck.
That was Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention with their song, The Return of the Son of Monster Magnet. A Day in the Life, the final track on the album Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, was more than just a song. It was an event. It was considered so groundbreaking at the time that many people believe this song changed pop music history. John Lennon wrote the main verse and chorus, a weary look at the meaninglessness of real life and celebrity culture, as perceived through heavy drug use. I read the news today, oh boy, about a lucky man who made the grave. And though the news was rather sad, well, I just had to laugh. I saw the Lennon gives jaded accounts from the news about a deadly car crash, winning a war, and holes in the road, and then offers a suggestion, saying that he'd love to turn you on, a drug reference, no doubt. This is the moment when the music devolves into a swirling mass of sound, which includes a grand, improvised glissando by a real live orchestra. Lennon said he wanted it to sound like the end of the world, and McCartney said he wanted it to sound like a freakout. Now, freakout was a common phrase for a bad drug trip, but it was also the title of the debut album by the American band The Mothers of Invention, led by frontman Frank Zappa, and released a year before Sgt. Pepper. Lennon and McCartney were no doubt inspired by freakout, which included its own aural experimentations, like on the song The Return of the Son of Monster Magnet. After all, Frank Zappa and Paul McCartney were both inspired by the same group of avant-garde composers, like Edgar Varese, John Cage, and Karl Heinz Stockhausen. Zappa's approach, though, was much more provocative. The Mothers of Invention would be mocking the Beatles the following year by imitating Sgt. Pepper's iconic album cover on a record that they called We're Only In It For The Money. Nevertheless, A Day in the Life was considered a masterstroke and a brilliant culmination of the album. It took the band over 30 hours to record this one song, which is three times longer than it took them to record their entire first album. Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band was released in the UK on June 1st, 1967, 50 years ago this week, and it made a huge impact immediately upon its release. Entire radio stations basically went on hold for a few days just to play tracks from the album. And even 50 years later, it still continues to inspire.
Thanks for joining me this evening on Ether Games' 50th anniversary tribute to the Beatles' Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. I hope you enjoyed it. For WFIU's Ether Game, I'm Mark Chilla. Thanks for listening, and have a great night. <laughs>